Now, I've waxed lyrical about uh, superhero movies a lot on this show because we're just bombarded with them. They've almost become the curse of the cinematic age. And original content movies have disappeared or all but disappeared. Um, and it's, it all started well enough with the initial Marvel films uh, that were really good and fresh and fun and exciting. The, the original Avengers and Iron Man and Captain America and Thor were all good. In the couple of them were great. Since then, it's got a real law of diminishing returns, uh, which even saw the almost impregnable Avengers and uh, X-Men movies. The last two were awful, like actually awful. And uh, a whole load of uh, turgid rubbish in between, stuff like the, the second Thor movie, the second and third Iron Man films. And into the mix came the DC universe, which has had a really bad opening with uh, Batman versus Superman, which is just atrocious. And apparently Justice, Zack Snyder's just like the most self-serious, joyless, turgid, overlong, ponderous, dark rubbish ever made and uh, he seems to have done it again with um, Justice League and 2017 seems like a prism of everything that's both good and bad about franchise superhero movies we've had the absolute nadirs like of Kong Skull Island and The Mummy both well The Mummy seems to have died the franchise in the first film but then we've also seen a couple of very interesting diversions we saw the very adult and powerful uh, Logan the final Wolverine film out this year, which was very good. And that was quickly followed by the excellent, deeply humanistic Wonder Woman movie, which was a, a real highlight and a real blast of fresh air. Nothing turgid in that at all. And most surprisingly, Thor Ragnarok, uh, directed bizarrely by Taiki Waititi, the Kiwi director follow, uh, who directed, was it last year? One of my films of the year, Hunt for the Wilder People, which was excellent. And somehow he got shoehorned into a Marvel Universe superhero movie with a $180 million budget. I don't think Hunt for the Wilder People had that big a budget. Not sure. Um, and the second Thor movie, despite a totally charming first outing by Chris Hemsworth as Thor, and in the uh, Avenger movies, he, he really has got that character down pat. He just embodies it so well. Um, the second one was just dire. It was just uh, just aimless twaddle, and it was really, really poor. So this one's come along, and I was so surprised by it. It's uh, I don't know whether the stories matter much at this stage, but basically this time around, Thor starts by defeating this uh, fire demon called, uh, where is it, Surtur, at the start of the film, and Serta has this big crown, and he reckons once he gets to uh, where Odin lives, uh, who's played by Alec, uh, Anthony Hopkins, and he combines his skull, uh, his crown with the eternal flame that lives in the middle of the city that, uh, that, um, that Thor's people live in, that he will become an unstoppable destroyer of uh, Asgard, which is the, the mythical city where they all live. So Thor defeats him and takes the crown, and that's sort of like a prelude. And he returns to Asgard and finds very quickly that his uh, mischievous brother, played by Tom Hiddleston, is once again, why is he ever allowed out of jail? He does it every single time. Has basically taken over uh, the, the entire city by 
casting a, a spell that makes him look like Odin and casting Odin to uh, oblivion in Norway somewhere, rather fittingly. Um, so once uh, this has all been sort of bizarrely easily worked out, I'd say the opening 20 minutes of the film are the weakest. They're quite convoluted. And they go to Norway and they meet Odin, who tells them that he's actually dying and that there's some horrible, horrible element to him dying, which is that he's uh, both Thor and Loki, his brother, have an older sister they never knew existed. And the older sister had been the right-hand woman of Odin in the early battles, um, but had proven far too ambitious. Uh, I can't see what her name is here. Um, she has been banished into a prison for millennia. Uh, no one's ever sort of spoken about her existing Rather funnily enough, actually. Um, she is able to escape from this prison once Odin dies, and Odin tells him basically she's more powerful than all of you put together. And once I die, she will come back from prison, which, of course, she does. She's played with Greater Land by Kate Blanchett. And uh, I can't see what her name is. No, I didn't put that bit down. Um, she, she's basically much more powerful than all of the other people on uh, Asgard put together and obviously comes back with the notion of complete domination of the universe in evil ways. And that's pretty much it. Um, but it does have a, a really nice aside story, uh, which actually amps it up. This time we don't spend much time on Asgard or planet Earth, as we have done with the other films. Very quickly, Loki and Thor are banished away to this mysterious planet that exists on the edge of nowhere uh, and is full of scrap metal and basically is, is run by an ex excellent Jeff Goldblum who basically runs these sort of gladiatorial battles. So you can sort of... There's not much originality here. You can sort of see where it's going. Thor ends up having to fight in these gladiatorial arenas. No one really knows who he is. Obviously, he's extremely tough. Uh, and so, and he's lost his hammer. His hammer got um, destroyed by Kate Blanchett's character. And that doesn't end up meaning much. It's a bit weird. It's not like all his power goes. He's got exactly the same amount of power. And you kind of wonder, well... I thought your power came from the hammer. Um, and basically he hooks up with the Hulk. As plot spoiler there, but it's quite a big element of the film to leave out and it doesn't really matter. You know that these people are going to appear. So you've got um, this whole sequence on this other planet with um, Loki, the Hulk. Loki like backstabs about ten times in this film. Is no one just going to put him in jail? They let him back every time, but this time around Thor's a bit wiser to it. And it doesn't end up causing a great deal of problems. And uh, another character is introduced, called, um, played by an actress called Tessa Thompson, who's excellent. Um, I think she's sort of kind of similar to Zoe Saldana's character in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and she's good. She's, she's a nice addition to the team. And they do, and it is a bit Guardians of the Galaxy, a lot actually. Um, and they basically team up to try and defeat Kate Blanchett's character. Um, so it's not like the wildly original plot, and it, um, at least it doesn't have too many people from the outside universe, the, uh, the Marvel universe, in it, and it doesn't try to introduce, you know, a hysterical number of new franchises. It just stick to its own thing. But what is it like? It's excellent. It's absolutely excellent. The everything that's wrong with Zack Snyder's films 
he gets right here. It's incredibly funny all the time. It's really amusing. It's very much like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's done in a very similar way. It gets together a very likable, charismatic group of main performers in the same way the Guardians of the Galaxy films did. And you enjoy spending time with them. There's lots of gags. They're very self-depreciating. It's all very funny, often. Often hilarious. The number one thing that's great about this film is Chris Hemsworth. He has... It's like it's almost like um, uh, Sean Connery with Bond. He's just got it. He's just got the the knack of the character down. He can be very pompous and up himself, but also very self depreciating and amusing. And when he is noble and heroic, it's convincing. So he manages to be a quite well fleshed out character, and he's really made that character his own as much as any of the other people playing in any of these roles has. Um, and the other main, most valuable person on field is uh, Taiki Waititi, who does a brilliant job of helming the film. Not a lot of fat on it. It's fast. It's very funny. Uh, it's got, it, it manages to be both funny and have ex- excellent um, fight sequences and battle sequences that are very visceral, very dynamic, and very exciting. And special effects are too. Maybe they overuse them a little bit, but... It's still very good. There's lots of good punch. The Thor and Hulk battle in the arena is superb. And so is the final battle as well. Um, and the way the story resolves itself is kind of great. Um, I won't give that away, but there's very much tones of Battlestar Galactica about the whole affair. Um, almost a messianic sort of thing going on. But um, I thought it was great. I really, really hope that he continues to helm if there are going to be more Thor films, if they're going to be another Avenger film where all of them are together, he could do a lot worse than Helmet because he gets the best out of it. These films, when they're helmed by Jack, Zack Snyder, they're completely Murph 3. The characters are dull and they're obsessed by their own demons and constantly furrowed brows and everything's dark and literally dark for most of the films. It's all at night and everything... Um, but here he's brought a lot of vitality to it. It's almost halfway between the humanised style of, of Wonder Woman and probably a lot closer to the the Indiana Jones romp style of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So I really liked it. I mean, the story is fairly lame, I guess. It's not. There's not a lot to it. But they don't seem to concentrate so much on that. Everything that happens happens, you know, in order in, and is exciting while it's happening. There's no, there's no sort of down periods in this film at all. It's really enjoyable uh, and immediately becomes one of the most enjoyable Marvel films of all. It's certainly by far the best Thor movie and surprisingly so. So thoroughly enjoyable film. Not that much to say about it because it is a straightforward plot and most of the characters are established anyway. There's only sort of Tessa Thompson um, but that arrives new. But I will say that uh, Jeff Goldblum is a, is a sort of um, Hunger Games boss sort of person who, who dictates life on this planet and forces everyone to fight. He's, he's a hoot and obviously enjoying himself immensely. He doesn't play an evil evil. He plays a, a, a camp evil. And Kate Blanchett seems to be enjoying herself as well. She, she makes for a very competently... Uh, overpowering villainess uh, and does great work. Anthony Hopkins is barely in this. He's, he was good in the other ones, but he's he, he's sort of in it for a few minutes at the start, which is a bit of a shame because he is heavyweight. And Idris Alba, who was uh, the gatekeeper 
in um, pretty much all of the times that they've featured Asgard in the Avengers movies or in the Thor movies. He's been the gatekeeper. And he's he's good. Mark Ruffalo's... It, all the main people are good. Mark Ruffalo is good as a Hulk. I just don't know why they changed his personality a lot, which is they seem to have turned him into a bit of a different person. Um, but it's all very good. And I think it's Carl Urban who plays the new gatekeeper. He's very good as well as a a less noble character who's sort of in it for himself. So Thor, Ragnarok, a surprising blast. Thoroughly recommend it. Eight, eight and a half out of ten. Very, very good. And uh, a, a rare uptick in Marvel's fortunes. This is from Theolonius Monk from his quartet.